0: And that person has a name, his name is Jesus Christ. With Christmas on all of our minds, I want us to take some time this morning, just with the few moments we have left, to wonder, if we follow Jesus, who is the way, where would that life take us? Where would his leadership take us? And the first thought I'll share with you this morning is this, he is the way to harmony. To harmony now, I love christmas, but I would imagine most of you are about like me this morning You're already run a little bit ragged We've had so much going on and we've got a lot more yet to go and christmas is a hectic time of year We know that it always falls at the end of one year And if you're like me, i'm always assessing and trying to evaluate how did I do last year? Where can I do better and then i'm planning for next year? Where would I like to be if god gives me another year? Where would I like to be this time next year and so we've got a lot going on and our minds are 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 filled and harmony is something we don't often think of when we think of this moment in which we're living the word harmony speaks to people or things that are working together and there are times in our lives when it seems as though everything's discordant it's not working together i think all of us know what it is to have a desire for peace and harmony in our lives I heard of one person who wrote in their journal these words they wrote my therapist told me the way to enter peace and harmony is to finish what I start so far today I finished two bags of chips and nine Christmas cookies and I feel better already okay so that's one path if you want to take that one today that one's for you but one of the things I love about Christmas is the music the music I think a lot of it's the familiarity when you hear those famous Christmas carols it kind of takes us back to another time and place And uh, there's a sense of nostalgia, it's peaceful, it's cathartic, and we're all appreciative of that. But the harmony of the music is found in the fact that the notes are working together. There's a message that's being communicated through all of that. But friends, listen, more than the music is the message of Christmas. And I want us to think today of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He he brings a harmony. It's more than just a seasonal peace or harmony. It's something that can change our lives. And Jesus doesn't just tell us about peace, he is peace. In fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, when the angels announced his birth, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The prophet Isaiah, as he considered, Lord, what would you have me to share? And then he shared what God had said in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. We hear this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, I would imagine there's someone in this room who's at least as cynical and jaded as I am. We can hear a message of peace and how Christ came and he brought peace and we're thinking, where's the peace? I was thinking about that in preparation for this message and so I just typed in Google, how many wars are going on right now? And Google told me, so it must be true. At this moment, there are over 40 armed conflicts going on in the world. There's not a lot of peace in our world. In our nation, there's not a lot of harmony. Hello. <laughs> Could it be any more divided, any more discordant? Than it is and and it would be fair for someone to recognize wait if jesus came and he brought peace Why is there no peace and there certainly is an answer to that question valid question? But there is an answer to that question I want you to know this that jesus is coming again and he will bring a global peace if you will at that time But in his first coming in his advent He came to bring a peace and a harmony that can live on the inside of each of us. It's a personal Peace and we all need that We're built to long For that at that first Christmas the angels came to Zacharias and Jesus uh, uncle Zacharias when they spoke to him they started off with the words fear not sure enough they went on to speak to Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and to everyone they spoke to in the Christmas story their opening line to each of them was fear not or do not be afraid And the message for us today is that we don't have to live in fear and conflict. And friends, if your life is like mine and we're all the same in this regard, prone to conflict, I want us to think today that Christmas is a message that Jesus brings harmony for those who will receive it. He's the way to harmony. Secondly today, he's the way to hope. He's the way to hope. I love the way the angels spoke to the shepherds and Luke's gospel chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So they said, we've got good news and it's going to be a great joy to you. In fact, that word great, I love that word in the language of the New Testament. It's magos. It It was a mega joy. They said, Jesus has come, and this is a major joy for you. And it's important because the shepherds were a lot of things, but joyful was not one of them. They were not filled with joy. They had a tough life. I mean, (coughs) they worked long hours. They had so much to do. They had to defend those animals from all kinds of predators and from people that would steal them. I mean, these shepherds in particular work in the graveyard shift, not the preferred shift. We saw in our study last week that being a shepherd meant that you were overseeing sometimes the animals who'd be involved in the temple worship services, which was the bedrock of Jewish life at that time. Yet they weren't themselves allowed to go in the temple because they were considered ceremonially unclean. There wasn't a lot of joy in the lives of these shepherds. But when they heard of Jesus, a joy came in their hearts. They began to think, maybe, just maybe, my life can be different. When they saw Jesus, they wanted to tell others about him. In fact, in Luke 2 and verse 17, the Bible says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. There was a hope that hadn't been there before, a hope that maybe my life will matter. It was a hope that transcended the 9 to 5 grind that we're all familiar with. Working hard to make enough money to give it all away and paying our bills. We hope to not outlive our money. But we all know that if there's any money left when we die, it stays behind. We're in a rat race and nobody wins a rat race but rats. And we don't want to be rats. And these shepherds began to understand, you know, Jesus coming changes Everything that mega joyful news they received it It wasn't just for them because the angel said this shall be for all people And I'm telling you today that Jesus came to you, but Jesus came for you He came for you John 10 and verse 10 Jesus said this I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly Jesus' desire is not just that we would have life, but that we would have an abundant life. Uh, I have a granddaughter whose name is Callie, and if you don't know that, welcome to Coastline for the first time, all right? <laughs> I got roasted last week a little bit. I mentioned it a lot, but I'm crazy about this kid, and uh, she's been a game changer for me and Lisa. Uh, we love her so much, and on the day she was born... Uh, I went to the hospital and I was sitting outside in the lobby, you know, and when I got to go in and see Callie, when I introduced myself, I thought it'd be good to bring gifts. The wise men brought gifts to baby Jesus. I thought I should bring a gift to baby Callie and, and I gave Callie a little, little stuffed animal and um, she's loved that stuffed animal and she has slept with that stuffed animal every day. Is it behind me now? Yeah, that's Callie. All right, good. That's her. I want you to go to the next picture. All right, she takes that stuffed animal everywhere she goes. It's slept with her every night of her life. It's her best friend. She loves that stuffed animal. She named it Baby, all right? So she's always asking, where's Baby? But you know what I've noticed about Callie? When she falls down and gets hurt or when she's scared, she doesn't want Baby. She doesn't want someone with fur on. She wants someone with skin on. And Christmas really is the true life narrative of a God who loved us so much that he knew in this life there'd be a lot of good things that could bring us joy. But that there was something that would always be missing. And so God put on flesh, if you would, and he came to us to meet our deepest needs. That's what Jesus did. There's there's a meaning in all of this, a meaning that it trumps the trials through which we go or the traumas that we face when you understand that God loves you and he has a purpose for your life. And the final thought I'll leave with you today is this, that Jesus is the way to heaven. He's the way to heaven. Yes, a great life. We've seen that harmony in this life and hope in this life. But I want you to know the Bible does also speak of an eternal life. As we began our time to get to, uh, together in the, in the word, I, I shared a passage with you in John chapter 1. We know there was a conversation there with Jesus and his followers, and, and we know that Thomas asked Jesus, basically, how can I know that I'm going to go to heaven? I think of what was asked in John 14, in verse 5, Lord, we know whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Lord, I don't know how to get to heaven. And so Jesus said, well, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want you to see that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about heaven. It's a perfect place. It's a wonderful place. In fact, I love the way John wrote about heaven in the book we call the book of the Revelation. In Revelation chapter 21, he said this. He said, it's a place where God will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about heaven, but it's interesting that when God begins to share with us what heaven's all about, he says, let's just start with all the bad stuff you're familiar with. The pain, the sickness, all of that. He said, well, there's none of that in heaven. He starts by removing all of that. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is in heaven. And he's preparing a place for those who place their faith in him. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John 14 and verse 2. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Friends, God's desire for each of us is that we would spend eternity in heaven with him. I've had people ask me before, and it's a very sincere question, but they'll say, if God is a loving God, why would he send someone to a Christless eternity in the place the Bible calls hell? And I would say this, that's not his will for any. The Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he literally gave his life so that all of us can have an opportunity to know him and go to heaven the message of christmas was best shared by the angels when in luke 2 and verse 11 they said unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord he's a savior he didn't come as a salesman because we didn't need a product he didn't come as a politician we didn't need negotiation or diplomacy He didn't come as a soldier. We did not need a battle to be fought. He came as that one thing we most needed and could not provide ourselves. He came as a savior. And friends, really, Christmas is not about whether you're Catholic or Jewish or Presbyterian or Buddhist or Baptist because Jesus did not come to establish religion. The world had long had religion before he got here. Jesus came to establish a way whereby we could have a relationship with God that would last forever Again, Christmas is not about religion. It's about a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Christmas is a time to know what it means when the Bible declares that Jesus is our Savior. Now, we could all wonder, well, why would I need a Savior? I'm glad you asked that because the Bible goes to great lengths to help us all understand why we would need a Savior in Romans three and verse ten, the Bible says, "As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one." There's not one person in this room who can say, "I get it right every time. I've never done anything wrong." Righteous would refer to someone who does right at all times, and and the Bible says, "There's none that's righteous." In Romans three and verse twenty-three, the Bible says, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." God's standard is absolute perfection, and we all come short of the glory of God. In fact, if we all went to heaven as we are now, we'd make heaven as earth is now. We'd mess it up because sinful, imperfect people would be there. That means we have a big problem. And Christmas is the big answer to our big problem. I want you to think of that. God's not just pointing out our shortcomings in this. He literally provided himself as that bridge so that we could cross over, if you would, into relationship with him. In Romans 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us our sin is not a surprise to god the bible tells us he loves us so much that jesus christ died on the cross for a payment for our sins he had to die for our sins. In Romans 6 and verse 23 the Bible says this. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of our sin or what we deserve because we're all sinners the Bible says. Is a spiritual death. Separation from God for all of eternity. But I love the second part there where the Bible says that it's the gift of God. Which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if there's anything we understand at Christmas it's a gift. If you're giving a gift, you know it comes with a cost. And if you receive a gift this Christmas, all you have to do is accept it. And the gift of Jesus Christ as our Savior means he paid the greatest of prices as he died on the cross. And the way we receive it is to accept it by faith. We have to admit our need of a Savior. Acknowledge our sinfulness. and turn, the Bible word for that is Repent. We have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And great news, Jesus in John 6 and verse 37 said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. It doesn't matter what you've been through, uh, the difficulties you've had. If we in sincerity of heart come to the Lord, Jesus says, you need to know this about me. I'm not going to turn anyone away. I'm not going to cast anyone out. Now, you may be here today for any number of reasons. Uh, Maybe a friend or family member invited you. Uh, Maybe they invited you, you said no, and then they drug you anyhow, and you are here. Uh, Maybe you found us, no one found you. Whatever it is that brings you here today, I'm I'm grateful that you're here. And all of this music, the message through the presentation today, uh, all uh, all of this is to remind us this Christmas that Jesus is the way. He's the way in the manger. He is the way. He's the way to a life of harmony. No, it doesn't mean we're gonna have absolute peace in our world, but I'm telling you we can have a peace in our lives The Bible says it passes understanding the peace that he brings Jesus is the way to hope Hopelessness is so prevalent in our our day and age. We know that we're living in a time where we just want a pill, medication, to somehow put some hope or peace within us. Jesus is a way to that harmony. He is the way to hope. And ultimately, he's the way to heaven. He did not come to blast us. He came to bless us. He came to meet our deepest, our greatest need. Now, we've enjoyed the music, but this moment... That we're gonna close with I believe can be the most meaningful moment of this service I want to close with the time of prayer a time where we all can have an opportunity to establish a relationship with God that does not come by way of a church there's not one church authorized to dole out salvation from God that's not how it works it's nowhere in the Bible salvation doesn't come from me or any other preacher and if anyone says that it does i'd run from that person quickly salvation is a gift that comes from god and from god alone but he tells us universally how to receive that gift acknowledge our need of it recognize our sinfulness and turn from that life unto god and ask him to save us in Romans 10 and verse 13, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that word, whosoever, that includes me, that includes you. And when the Bible says that if we call on God in prayer for salvation, we shall be saved, it means there's no doubt about it. I've talked to many different Christians, and everyone will tell their story. We'll sometimes call that a testimony. And there's not a bad testimony of how someone came to Jesus Christ often share my testimony just because I know it the best. I remember the day I became a Christian. I attended church on a Sunday morning. The pastor preached, and when he came to the final part of his message, he said, do you know for sure if you were to die today that you'd go to heaven? And I felt like I was the only one in the room that day. Death was the furthest thing from my mind, but when he asked it in the most matter-of-fact way possible, it struck me in my heart. He just said do you go to church do you try to do good things he didn't ask any of that He just cut to the chase and said Let, let's clear all the clutter that religions brought in Let me just ask you point-blank if your life ended today, would you spend forever in heaven with God? And I knew in my heart. I didn't know that At the end of that service he said if you don't know today I want you to come to the front and I remember holding that seat in front of me man I had white knuckles. I was holding so tight And if you had to go to the front of a church to become a christian i might still not be a christian because i was terrified at the thought of walking to the front of a church i remember i went home that day after the service and i was so upset my mom asked me what was wrong and i shared with her how i had heard the truth of the gospel that day and i didn't know that i was a christian and he said come forward and i was too afraid my mom very kindly shared some verses with me i don't remember all of them but i would imagine some of them were verses we've studied this morning she said, Stephen, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She said, just ask Jesus to save you. He'll keep his word. You can trust Jesus. She said, Stephen, you know you're a sinner? I said, yeah, I know I'm a sinner. I could lie to my mom about a lot of things, but being a sinner was not one of them. She could have reminded me of a lot of sins at that point, okay? I said, yeah, I know I'm a sinner. And she said, you know, Jesus loves you and that he came for you and he died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. I said, I do believe that. She said, well, son, just ask Jesus to save you, and he will. I remember we bowed our heads, and a few seconds of silence went by, and uh, it was kind of one of those awkward moments, and I finally just said, Mom, I've never prayed a prayer like this. I've never prayed this prayer. I don't really know what to say, and, and I will say this. A prayer of faith from our heart, I just don't think there's a wrong way to do that. But my mom did something very kind for me. She said, son, why don't you let me lead you in a prayer? I said, that'd be great. We bowed our heads together. My mom said, dear Lord Jesus, then I said, dear Lord Jesus. She said, I know I'm a sinner, and then I repeated, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins, and we went through this prayer. Now if you're listening today, say amen. amen. Repeating a prayer does not equate to authentic faith or mean you've become a Christian. That's not what I'm saying today. But she was helping me to confess with, with my mouth what was in my heart, and what was in my heart is I wanted to know that I received the gift of Christ and this Christmas that's my prayer for you. If you're here today and there's any measure of doubt we've done our best today to make sure that there's only one superstar this Christmas season it's Jesus Christ himself and this is his message to all of us what an elaborate way God chose to share his love with us. If you're here today and you're not sure you have that relationship with him and you'd like to be. I'm gonna do for you what my mom did for me, and I'm just gonna lead in a prayer, and I'll invite you to pray along with me. That'll be a great way to conclude this service. Would you all bow your heads in a spirit of prayer? And again, as I pray, I'll say a few words and pause, and if you'd like to join me in this prayer, I'd encourage you to do so. Pray aloud. It's one of the great joys in all of life is this opportunity we have to trust Jesus as our Savior. So let's pray now. Dear Lord Jesus, go ahead. I know that I'm a sinner, Please forgive me of my sin and give me a home and